0: I'm Jamie. Welcome to Driver Picks the Podcast.
1: Where I pick the podcast. And I shut my cake off. And in today's episode, we'll be discussing the sixth episode of the second season of Supernatural titled No Exit. Jamie, what did you think?
0: I was out here clowning last week. Like, yes, it's gonna be a reference to like the 1930 odd French play yeah. no exit. <laughs> and no, it literally just means no exit. Like it's the most literal possible interpretation of that title you could imagine. I guess
1: so. I don't, like, I to be honest, like, the title has never really made that much sense to me. So... Like, there are multiple exits. There are windows to exit through. There are doors to exit through. The know, way
0: I... Loopholes to exit through. <laughs> the way I interpreted it is they called it no exit because, A, there is no exit for the women out of the buildings. Like, they get trapped inside the building, ah, so there's no exit. That would And it. also, there's no exit for the ghost at the end because they literally concrete him into the basement which
1: hilarious but also like makes no sense. <laughs> I want to I want to
0: talk about the uh, the uh concreting the ghost into the basement thing. Yes. Because I have multiple issues with this. Please go ahead. On many different levels. Please go ahead. First and foremost, how do they know when they pour the concrete in it's not going to disturb the salt ring and let him out anyway?
1: Yeah, yeah. This is a problem I've always had with that. Yes.
0: <laughs> like, because concrete runs. Yes, it is a liquid. It is a liquid. It Very runs, important. But it's also like quite a thick liquid. Viscous, even. It's viscous, even. <laughs> it would move the salt. Like, the salt Immediately. is objectively. Like, they even discuss in the episode, they're like, well, what happens if, if it, like flooding? Yeah. Same thing, but with concrete.
1: Yeah. It's like, well, you just purposefully did that. And also, they show. And one thing I do want to point out about this episode that I quite liked, and I hope that you also liked. Was, especially when they were moving through quite narrow, like, areas. Like, through the walls and, like, in the sewers and the pipes. Or tunnels, I guess. I didn't really like pipes. They were bricked. But they had some really interesting, like, camera angles and stuff. Yes. And I will be talking about the cinematography. But not right now because I'm still stuck on the concrete, okay? Okay. Yes, no, that's fine because I'm also still making my point about the concrete. Which is they make a point of showing, like, a relatively long sort of, not montage, but, like, shots of they're Sam and Dean shots they, yeah. going down into the thing and then, you know, they're Cremando crawling through the, you know, the brick tunnel. Yeah. And I'm like, how much concrete do you have? Because that's a fair distance. And also how the fuck are you controlling where the concrete's going once it's down the hole? You can't be. Which means it's just going to be there. I mean, I guess it means that no one can, like, get through the hatch to crawl yeah. in but that's not going to stop the no. water because that's not where the water would have no. come from so uh, it, it makes very minimal sense
0: yeah <laughs> so i didn't actually think too much about that i i was like how the hell are you gonna direct it like it's not gonna get where it needs to go yeah exactly it's sort of my line of thinking for that but the other thing is like that's not concrete baby like you you know I <laughs> that mean that's like that's concrete
1: no, I'm sorry. I I have no memory of this meme.
0: Oh, it's like, mm, concrete. Oh, you know the concrete meme? Yes, like, sorry,
1: you just awakened the memory.
0: Mm, that's not concrete. Yeah. Like, you look at that coming out of, like, the truck. Like, yeah. I don't know what truck he stole, but <laughs> yeah. it's not concrete. C- like,
1: it's a cement mixer. Is cement and concrete different?
0: Yeah, cement and concrete are different. Oh okay, um, well, it's definitely so cement So, cement mixer. is... Cement is... A, it's either that cement is an aspect of concrete or concrete is an aspect of cement. I'm pretty okay. sure cement is an aspect of concrete. Right. Okay. So basically, like it's like one ingredient that you
1: add in. So it's like when you make cordial, yeah. water goes in cordial, but
0: so cordial, cordial does not, not
1: have water in it. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> Maybe not, that was a bad analogy. A,
0: it's sort of like um, if you... Like th- a- they're not the same thing, but... One is an aspect of the other. So, like, a woolen blanket
1: is not just wool. Yeah. Like, wool by itself is not the same as a wool blanket. No. Yeah, okay. But, but they're the same
0: material. They're the same material. They're just different different forms. forms of the same material mixed with other things too. I feel like we
1: spend a lot of time on this podcast going down weird pseudoscience
0: <laughs> This isn't <laughs> even pseudoscience. Science. But,
1: like, I'm pseudoscience in the way that we don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> But I do know what I'm talking about. That's the issue. Oh, sorry. Okay. It's just me who's dumb. Never that's mind. not
0: what, that's not, look, whatever sort of truck he stole, that's not concrete. Okay. What makes you say that? It is not the right consistency. So they've mixed the concrete wrong. So that shit is not gonna set. There is nothing to set it from. Cause it's, it, it looks like a powder
1: like a powder it's a liquid
0: it's not a liquid it looks like a liquid no it doesn't it's not it's too like it's too dry it won't bind together they have mixed just chunky. the concrete wrong and yes i'm <laughs> using concrete and cement interchangeably it doesn't really matter for this purpose we are talking about the thing they are trying to pump down to seal the ghost and the salt in what it are you a is...
1: training like when did do... <laughs> yes when... You're, since when are you a tradey? When are you... I mean, you did help your dad with a lot
0: of the Since I helped build my mum and dad's fucking house.
1: <laughs> Sorry, I never questioned you. Also, I just remembered, speaking of you being an expert on random things... Yes. I realised I have seen a scarecrow, and I've seen one locally. Oh, This is a big throwback. <laughs> we're going back to scarecrow. This is a throwback to, what, episode 11 of yeah. season 1? We were talking about how... Who fucking sees Scarecrow's nowadays? There's a community garden, like, yeah. 15 oh, minutes from here. <laughs> and I realised, I drive past it every now and again, like, going to work. And I was like, oh my god, Scarecrow. I now know a Scarecrow. Wow. So, it's weird looking. But... You're still not a
0: country bumpkin yet.
1: No. But about no. My, about so no. It's So,
0: that scene, it is... Whatever they chose to, like, pretend to be concrete, It it's the wrong texture. It's the wrong texture. Look, I don't and know And also, enough. he just stole, like, a cement truck. Yeah. <laughs> True. Most trainees just leave, like, the keys in the ignition. Yeah. I don't think it would be that
1: difficult. You just have to have confidence. I don't know enough about concrete.
0: But does he have his truck license? Because, like, he drove that on the road. They have
1: what? every license.
0: <laughs> Imagine getting pulled over by the cops while you're driving a concrete truck to entomb a ghost in the basement. Well, it's not the basement. It's the sewer Sewers. system. Like, they say it's discontinued, but, like, surely sealing the sewer system up is going to create issues. Look, probably. Also, quick note. While we're talking about the fact that it is a sewer
1: system, that room that the women were, like, trapped in, in those, like, yeah. weird, like, flappy, co- like, coffin things. Yeah. Almost The fuck like a, like is a- that? wow oh. How, what function would that... Serve in a sewer system.
0: Okay, so you know how we've got Bob the ghost janitor. Yes, we've now got Stevo the ghost tradie. Oh my god! All of your construction needs for ghosts. Bob and Stevo. Sorry, Stevo. Stevo <laughs> the ghost tradie. He comes along. He builds whatever that you need for all your blonde women torturing needs. Needs. Yeah, you know. That's so funny. Do you
1: reckon Bob and Stevo are like business partners or business rivals?
0: It's gotta be an enemies
1: to lovers situation, doesn't it's it? It's supernatural, so there's gotta be some sort of homeo erotic ten- tension in there, you know? Like.
0: <laughs> no, I prefer homeoerotic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping we'd skip over that blunder, but I guess not.
0: Okay, so <clears throat> let's talk about
1: Joe and Ellen. Yes, please let's talk about Joe and Ellen. We love them. I love them. I love them so much. So do I. Be it. Right? Yeah, I was so excited when we got to season two, and I was like, oh my god, we're gonna get Joe and Ellen, and you are going to be obsessed with them. I love them. Right? Aren't they so good? Okay, tell me, tell me all of your thoughts.
0: Okay, I love them. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that your only thoughts? That's my starting point. <laughs> yeah. And everything after that just starts getting to, like, gibberish. Okay. I've complained in earlier episodes about how a lot of, like, the supporting female characters feel, like, very, like, same-same. Yeah. Like, they all have, like, the same vibe. We're finally starting to get female characters that have different vibes. Yeah,
1: and I think I actually said to you in the first episode with them that I was like, oh, they're not the same, like, cookie cutter. And you were like, well, they kind of are. And you're right, actually, in that first First episode, episode. they are. But I was thinking
0: about what I knew Mm -hmm. rather than, yeah, and oh, so excited. In the episode, they have this, like, the first episode we meet them. They have the same vibe. But it's like... I think one of the issues that Supernatural has with its female characters, especially the ones that appear in only, like, one or two episodes, mm-hmm. is they devote absolutely no time to their development. So they just, they have a vibe and that's it. They don't yeah. develop beyond that. And I think that's a really uh, shortcoming in terms of, like, instead of investing in new and different vibes for these supporting characters, they just sort of default to the standard. Yeah. But I do think it's really, really exciting for me, at least, to see, oh, they're actually, when, like, they get the chance, they are actually developing these characters. Yeah. And, like, it doesn't stop me being sad that, like, none of the other female characters got any sort of development, even in a small way. Hashtag Missouri. Yeah. <laughs> but it does make me excited to see more of Joe and Ellen. Yeah. And, like, having their dynamic. It's something new. And different. Mm. And, like... I know a lot of people... Like, I know you yourself has said, like, you really grew attached to, like, the Winchester Brothers, which is, like, I'm assuming what you're meant to do if you're watching Supernatural. <laughs> yeah. But, like, for me, I'm, I mean, I'm still a little bit in this point of, like, they're fine. Yeah. Like, their main characters, like, I like them. But they're they're also not, like, ooh, like, I, like I'm not emotionally attached to them. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, there are some characters that I can emotionally attach to... And there are others that I just don't, and I don't yeah. really know why. Because there are no there are no patterns to which characters I attach to. I I can't you know a lot of people like they're like oh yeah I always like like the strong silent emotionally repressed type yeah like I always attach to them for some reason and it's like I don't have like a character type that I gravitate towards generally yeah I have like six or seven and like it's really a dice roll based on how well the character archetype has been developed and implemented and worked into the media as to whether I will emotionally attach to them or not. You know what I mean? Yeah, I completely understand that. And, like, that's completely fair. Like, for me,
1: personally, like...
0: I like certain archetypes, but only certain flavours of certain archetypes. You know what I
1: mean? Yeah. For me, personally, like, watching Supernatural, at the time the character that I immediately fell in love with was Dean, but the character I could like relate more to was Sam. And then like, as I got older and like I stuff changed through the seasons and like, you know, all those things, you end up having like different opinions and obviously like characters make choices and you know, that changes your opinions on things as well. But and as I, you're introduced to new characters. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you know, <laughs> so <Yeah>. um
0: <laughs> I made a choice to record this wine drunk and now I'm paying for it.
1: All right, so Ellen and Joe. Let's while we're still on the topic of favorite characters, let's keep on Ellen and Joe. I wanted to talk about the fact that Ellen and Joe. I feel like I've said their names like eight times in the last Ellen ten seconds.
0: Ellen and Joe. Ellen. Is it like it's if you say it three Mary, times, like, the-
1: they'll appear in the
0: mirror? Oh God, I hope so.
1: <laughs> what I realized, and I don't know if I'd picked up on this before and just forgotten about it, but on rewatch, what I realized really obviously is that. They are having the inverse argument that Sam and John had. Mm -hmm. So where John wanted Sam to stay in the life Life. and stay with the family and do all these things, Ellen wants Joe to go to school and to not get into hunting and to have a life in in that way. And to at least
0: explore her options outside of hunting before she...
1: Yeah, and what's really interesting is that, you know, I said in a couple of episodes ago, we talked about Sam and the word freak. Mm. and joe uses the word freak she talks about you know i went to school i didn't fit in there i was the freak with the knife collection and it's like for me at least i was like that's really interesting that it's the swapped like argument Mm. using similar terminology and it's like it was it was interesting to see like that's probably the stance john should have had yeah (laughs) like it's in that moment you're like ellen is maybe not going about it in the right way but she is like Doing the responsible parent thing you know yeah like the screaming arguments probably not ideal but the points are valid
0: and this is just like another case in which ellen is a better parent than john which i feel like we have to talk about john this episode obviously this episode we reveal that john got joey's dad killed was somehow
1: responsible was
0: somehow responsible for it which is just like another piece of evidence in the john was actually kind of a sit shitty hunter Yeah, Uh, a steadily growing pile of of evidence. (laughs) I find it interesting, though, that they used it earlier in the episode as, like, a bonding thing between Joe and Dean. Like, the whole we both have dead fathers who died because of Supernatural and on a hunt. Yeah. And then the reveal later on. I just wanted to point out that Ellen has a very valid point. When she flips out, like, obviously, like, she's emotional. Wait, is this, sorry, in the beginning of the episode or the end of the episode? End of the episode. When Ellen is flipping out about Joe going hunting with Dean and Sam. Yeah. Ellen has a valid point. Because a lot of the times it's like sins of the father are not sins of the sons. But John trained Sam and Dean how to hunt monsters. Yeah. If John himself got his partner killed and then he passed along his methods to Sam and Dean... Sam and Dean would also have the flaws that John had. Yeah. She's not unreasonably
1: bad. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I think the other thing to point out is she's immediately proven right because Joe gets kidnapped and is in danger and Dean had lied to her, to be fair, on Joe's request. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and I really... And also,
0: to be fair, from what I can tell, Joe is an adult. Yes. Like, she's not, like, a 16-year-old. True. True. But
1: one of the interesting things that is sort of an ongoing theme with Dean's character is that he kind of looks at every person he interacts with and is like, you are either a parent figure or my child. Like either I look Heads at or tails. You, like, either I look at you and I view you as like a parent substitute because I didn't really have one. Ellen. Yes. Bobby or Yes. Or I look at you and I have to take care of you because you're my responsibility. Mm. It is my responsibility that you are not her. And so in this instance, yes, Ellen becomes the parent figure and Joe becomes the thing that is Dean's responsibility. Even though they have this, like, you know, they've got a little bit of flirting
0: going on. And and Joe casts herself as, like, the partner. Yes, yes,
1: in the fake dating AU. Yes.
0: (laughs) Somebody tell me that there is a fic out there that's an actual fake dating AU where they took this episode and they were like... Hmm. but what if instead of, like, somebody getting murdered within the first week, it actually took, like, a couple of months and they I... had to pretend to be in a relationship for a couple of months?
1: Yeah, no, so it's, it's an interesting thing. And it's so fascinating that it's so early in the series as well, where, like, yeah, he looks at Ellen and is an immediate, like, well, that's a parent figure. And he looks at Joe and is like, I am immediately responsible for you. And he takes that upon himself this episode as well. Like, he is the one who chooses to lie to Ellen. He is the one who decides that he is going to watch Joe's back. He is the one who Joe moves away from and then gets in trouble he is the one who has to deal with ellen on the phone when she finds out joe's missing even in the the scene when they're driving back in the car at the end of the episode it's like dead silent i started laughing because i was like oh my god look it's Mum and dad in the front and kid one and kid two in the back (laughs) it's literally dad dean Mum ellen children sam and joe and i was like that's literally it it just the framing of it even was just so obvious i guess and it's
0: even just sort of like um when your dad would let you do something that he probably shouldn't let you do and like you've had a great time with dad and then mum finds out and she's pissed <laughs> though yeah. i will also make a note mm. while i do not think that ellen was unreasonable for reacting in the way that she did like joe put herself in danger but also like dean and sam instead of not putting her in danger decided to use her as bait yeah yeah I will say, though, that Ellen doesn't realise how different Dean and Sam are from Joe.
1: Yes, and also you made the point before, Joe's an adult. They're, first of all, yes, you're right. They don't know each other. And I always thought, the end of the episode, I always thought was unreasonable. Mm. Because they, like, Sam and Dean clearly had no idea that their dad had anything to do with Joe's dad's death. They didn't even know that these guys existed until, like, what, two weeks ago? Yeah. I always thought it was pretty unfair i understand joe is upset because she's just like had this revelation or whatever and i understand that ellen is upset because of the situation that joe's just been in and the fact that they've lied to her and all these things i understand that but i did always think it was unreasonable that they sort of acted as though sam and dean were somehow also responsible like implicit almost in her dad's death it's like that makes literally no sense they They must have been like (laughs) <laughs> what, eight at max?
0: Yeah, yeah well, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's unreasonable for Ellen to have reacted the way that she did because she doesn't know Sam and Dean from Mabara Soap. She doesn't know that Dean will sacrifice himself a million times over. A million else. times over before anyone else gets hurt. Yeah. And not in, like, a John, I'm going to sacrifice myself for my son sort of way. Yeah, and like, she
1: also doesn't know that Sam is, like, so well read and, like, will look into the lore and will look at
0: it. it. But also, Where's how John is getting? she all she knows is that their father was so sloppy that he got her husband killed yeah exactly so she doesn't know that just because of their upbringing and their personality types they're unlikely to make the same mistakes John, John would did. she doesn't have any reason to know that like she doesn't she doesn't know them and all the ways that they are different from John
1: yeah and I think that the way that joe grew up with her dad hunting is Mm -hmm. like the healthiest possible variation of it whereas sam and dean growing up with their dad hunting was basically the most unhealthy variant Mm -hmm. of it and you get that in the conversation that joe and dean have while sam's out and he's finding out about the the next victim she asks him well actually he offers her a knife which i think in his way is sort of a like like a acceptance sort of Mm -hmm. thing like Hey, like, welcome to the club sort of thing. Like, he offers her, like, a quote-unquote, she... like, actual, like, this is a knife, you know, yeah. kind of moment.
0: It's also, like, he was there for the conversation earlier where she said, like, I'm a freak with a knife collection. So it's his way of also going here, I'm also a, a freak, freak with, with, with a knife, knife collection. collection.
1: Exactly. They both make an effort in that scene to try and connect a bit more. And once he understands the emotional significance of the knife, he immediately is like, never mind, like, my bad. You don't need a bigger knife. You need the knife that has emotional significance to you. Exactly. And, um, you know, and she asks him, you know, what do you remember if you're a dad? And he talks about this memory. And it's interesting because I wonder if this is actually the first memory that came to mind or if it's just the one he chose, because there is like a moment after she asks him where he kind of looks like he's back and forthing about what he's going to say. And I don't know if that was just an acting choice that, jensen made and if what implications were behind there if they were speaking the script there's sort of like a it looks like a hesitancy yeah to me at least and then he says that you know the memory that comes to mind is when he was six or seven and john took him shooting for the first time and he bullseyed every like what can or bottle it was that john had set up and he gave me this smile like i don't know and i'm like jesus fucking christ can you imagine like what the fuck who brings a six-year-old shooting. First up, like you know, in general. And I mean obviously like different cultures we have a very different attitude towards guns in this country. But, also, but I would also assume that not every six year old is going to the gun range on the weekend. <laughs> like that's an assumption I'm gonna make. Feel free to correct me if I'm wrong on that one I guess. But and also like the fact that that was what made John, like you assume like, proud? Yeah. I guess. And it's like fuck, he should have been learning to Ride a bike, read. Ride a bike and like he should have been reading for like a you know a year or a year and a half and like you know riding and basic maths and like fucking animal noises, not shooting, you know. And then you get from Joe that actually her memories of her dad are him coming home from a hunt and picking her up and swinging her around and. You know. Ellen who'd been in a bad mood
0: the entire time he'd been gone and be happy again. Yeah
1: and it was it's a much more like Dean's memory of John was like specifically in ingraining hunting into him and Joe's memory of her dad is specifically of him keeping hunting away from her. He didn't bring her on hunts because who the fuck brings their six year old on a hunt? And you know and then you know we know from last season that John fucking had his kids right in the vicinity of the kid killing
0: monster and it's It's such a difference. Here's the other thing, though. It's like, Joe's like, oh, yes, I was home with my mother while my dad was out hunting. My mom was worried, but, like, ultimately, like, pretty stable. And then it's like, oh, John was out hunting, and instead of, I don't know, leaving the kids with, like, Bobby or Pastor Jim or, like, a responsible adult, (laughs) Dean was holed up in a hotel room for, like, a week with Sam. With a gun. With a gun. Exactly. That's a
1: choice. Exactly. Then that's my point. Like, it was, it's really interesting because they both lost family members and they both lost you know, because of supernatural things And but the memories they have of them from before, it's so different. Yeah, and you also see like the difference in Ellen because where John lost Mary to a supernatural being and I would argue effectively fucked up his kids lives and his own life and made everything about revenge, Ellen... Made everything about Joe and the roadhouse, and you giving know, her daughter the opportunity to go to college, and you know, and trying to encourage those things, which and you know, ultimately Joe doesn't want it,
0: and so that's that's her decision. But she's been given the opportunity. Okay, so I said earlier we were going to circle back around to the uh, cinematography. Yes, are you ready for that, or are you still got more to go? Before we get into that, I do just very quickly want
1: to point out Dean is an ass in a lot of this episode and I know that he's like being an ass in a way that he's like, I'm worried. So I'm being an ass, but it also, it does come out. And I think I'm glad that Joe calls him out on it. And, um, you know, and says, you know, you just don't think like women can do the job. And I like, I like that we get the clarification. He's like, no, women can do the job. Inexperienced people can't do the job and you are the latter. You are inexperienced. That's the problem. And I appreciate that they specify that just in general. Obviously, Supernatural's track record with women is bad, but I at least appreciate that they had that specification that the problem was not with the fact that she was a woman. The problem was the fact that she doesn't have the experience. But then also on the topic of Joe having the option for a normal life, like Dean specifically says that he wishes he had the chance to choose a normal life and he didn't get that opportunity, you know, and he thinks that she should be choose to not be in the life and that is another thing that is very ongoing for his character as i said like he meets someone and he's like you are either a parent or a child like every child figure that he meets it's very much the same it's very much like you should do something else with your life do not do what i've done with my life please (laughs) i don't want that for you and it's it's a it's an ongoing thing so sorry all of that out of the way Please continue with your points on cinematography. I am very intrigued. I really enjoyed the cinematography this episode. Mm. It was really interesting. Very different to anything we've had before. The way
0: the camera was moving and the way they utilized the set pieces in terms of, like, the limited space mm-hmm. and the perspective shots. Really impressive. Like, I don't know who did the cinematography on this episode, but, like, Ooh, actually, i to just just check. I'll check who the director was.
1: Yeah, no, I really like it. Actually, one thing that I noticed was the fact that when um, Dean and Joe are opening the grate, we actually kind of get the spirit's point of view, like watching them, like, opening the grate. and it's Which kind we still got to get to the batshit insanity that is the spirit. Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> All in due time. But we sort of get the, like, it's interesting, it almost felt like you were in the point of view of a rat, like sort yeah. of scampering back and forth and, like, looking and trying to hide. And it was really interesting. And, like, the
0: hand and that, mm. like, the way
1: and also the like there's this
0: horrifying scene that's like it's the way they did it was really good it's like shot from joe's point of view and then it like flips so that you can see joe yeah and you're like oh now you're in the point of view of the spirit
1: yeah yeah um directed by kim manners kim manners stays on for a long time um,
0: are they a notable director or are they
1: he also directed dead in the water oh, okay mm. that's interesting I recognise the name. He actually, unfortunately, passed away in 2009. But he did direct 17 episodes in that time, which is significant because a season is only 22 episodes.
0: Yeah, so he, yes. even though he passed away before most of the season come to air, 17 episodes would be like quite a few episodes to get him up there with some of the other long-time directors, wouldn't it?
1: I'm not sure on the exact number of episodes that each director or each writer has done but he's definitely well regarded. And, oh, here we go. Um, he actually directed 53 episodes of The X-Files. Oh. He's definitely well regarded. Um, and like I said, having directed 17 episodes of...
0: Certainly in the Kripke era, he's the most prolific director. Yeah, well,
1: I would have to check that. But he's definitely, like, I recognised his name.
0: So no, actually, he's right up there. So according to IMDb... So he directed the fifth most supernatural episode
1: yeah like you say it's there's some really fantastic shots in this particular episode
0: one thing well actually there
1: were a couple of things in this episode that they just sort of stood out to me as like that that doesn't make sense and I know okay. that usually that's your take yeah but for
0: me just a couple of things in this episode and <sighs> I'm learning to empty my brain to watch these. <laughs> So, but also, I've already focused on the thing that doesn't make sense to me in this episode, which was, it's not even fucking
1: cool. <laughs> Okay, so, this is a problem that I have with so many different pieces of media. This is absolutely not exclusive to Supernatural. Okay. Joe's hair should have been up the entire episode. It made no fucking sense for her hair to be down. While she was at the roadhouse, Sure. While she was pretending to be Dean's girlfriend so they could get into the apartment? Sure. When they were at the very end pouring the questionable concrete in? Sure. The entire duration of the hunt, while they are looking for the spirit, while they are researching the spirit, while they are, while she is kidnapped, her hair should have been in a fucking ponytail at least. It makes no sense. It is impractical. If she wants to take hunting seriously, she needs to, like, do you know how easy it is? to get your hair caught in shit for it to get in your eyes for like for it to be set on fire just put your fucking hair up bethany you're sounding like me it just it annoys me because their whole point is like you know we've talked about before like they make their female characters relatively competent a lot of the time and like practical and you know down to earth and for some fucking reason the concept of a scrunchie evades them so you're saying that i couldn't hunt monsters looking like this I'm saying that if you were going to hunt monsters, you would put uh, your hair in a ponytail or probably a bun. Actually, you'd probably braid it, I reckon. That's my thoughts on your hair stylings for (laughs) possible hunts. I'd do a bun because I'm lazy. You'd do a braid because you're extra.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's like the the meanest read read of our characters ever.
1: (laughs) Sorry. Yeah, so that bothered me. And the other thing. Sam and Dean, they're climbing down to rescue Joe, which also I kinda wish she didn't have to be rescued. Like, mm. I that was sort of annoying because I kind of wish that they had written it in a way where she kind of saved herself and then they just ran into each other in the sewers. You know, like I wish it was not a case of them having to come and rescue her. That sort of was annoying. But I digress. Sam and Dean are climbing down the rungs into this sewer. Dean hands Sam a gun, remembering. Sam's entire forearm and wrist and hand except for like the ends of his fingers is in a completely immobile cast. How is he climbing down the rungs of that fucking ladder into the sewers one hand holding a gun the other hand immobile? How? And the funny thing is Dean goes down first and then Sam climbs in and the scene the shot ends of Jared like kind of placing his arm on the side and i was like yeah bro i wouldn't know where to put it
0: either this shot makes no sense i watched this entire episode yeah and i didn't realize that he was in a cast he's been in a cast for the last two
1: episodes jamie (laughs) this episode and the previous one he's had a cast on and at the end of the episode before that at the end of um children shouldn't play with dead things he mentions, as they're leaving the graveyard, that he thinks the spirit broke his hand. Or that the undead woman broke his hand. And then the next episode he's in a cast, and this episode he's in a cast, and I think, actually, in the next episode, he's still in a cast.
0: I'm bad at consuming video. <laughs>
1: <laughs> sure, you'll notice the direction. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not paying that much attention to, like whether or not they have full functioning use of their, <laughs> their limbs
0: well normally here's the thing tv shows generally unless the actor themselves actually hurts themselves which i assume is what happened in this case they normally just like forget that the character said that they thought they got injured like week to week especially these sort of shows mm. It's like they plan the episodes out so that they elapse over such a time that they're, they're healed before we see them again. Yeah. So they don't have to have a cast in multiple episodes. Mm-hmm.
1: So like, and actually, I'm pretty sure there is episodes in a later season where Jared injured his shoulder, I want to say, in like a play wrestling match with actually um uh, Osric Chow. Bearing in mind that Osric is relatively small and Jared is like... Six foot tall. Six foot three or four or something, and uh, yeah, Osric managed, I think, to, like, dislocate his shoulder, and so, like, there's a couple Mama of episodes where Sam's, like, in a, in a sling, <laughs> and they have to, like, explain it away, and I think, I was really pissed off, actually, because they explained it in a way that, like, it was somehow Cass's fault, and I was like, fuck off! <laughs> I was like, you could have done that in any fucking way, don't make it fucking Cass's fault. Anyway, I digress, that's, like, a ten years from now, mm-hmm. annoyance, but
0: but no, so yes, I'm sure they would have bothered me if I spotted them. To be fair, I was also doing my makeup while I watched this episode. So. <laughs> and also, just in general, I don't think Sam was in this episode very much.
1: Did you notice no. that?
0: Like- I, well, I, I did notice, like, I mean, no, he wasn't in this episode very much.
1: Yeah, which I don't know if it's to do with the hand.
0: Maybe. I just, I just assumed that because they were going real hard on the whole, like, doing oh jokes. my dad dead trauma bonding thing between dean and joe yeah like they were just like oh we don't really need sam here so they just sort of like he kind of feels like a supporting character yeah
1: i was like what is like to be fair
0: almost buddy cop comedy between like inexperienced joe and experienced dean hunters yeah and like the weird flirty banter thing they go yeah i would watch that show oh yeah like if there was following dean and joe and like like sam was like the brother who was away at college or whatever yeah a-class, I think that'd be better than the actual show. But no, like, so Sam, Dean, like, and Dean's teaching Joe and Joe makes mistakes, but like, you know, and then you've just got Sam who pops in like once or twice an episode with like relevant information and like, yeah. oh, I did this research, but I've got to go to class, sorry, I can't help you, like, I'm... Sam, the true crime nerd, who yeah.
1: recognises the real name of the famous serial killer on the random list of like 200 and something, and something fucking names. names, Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, I think we've finally reached the point where we talk about the insanity of the ghost this week. Yes. So I touched on this a little bit at the start of the episode, but mm-hmm. did I touch on this at the start of the episode?
1: I Look, that was like an hour ago now. I don't, <laughs> I don't remember. Let's recap just in case.
0: So last week you asked me what I thought No Exit was, and yes. I'm like, I think it's going to be based on this play that's French and depressing. Yes. And asked some really like hard philosophical questions about like society and the way we treat each other and like the purpose of life and Instead we got the quote of other people. This ain't gender studies. (laughs) Yeah. Instead, we got the most literal interpretation of that title ever. Uh huh. And they decided to be like, hmm, we know what this is gonna be. Like, I feel like this episode would have been an interesting one if they did it like the Benders, whereas an actual human. Ah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, living in the walls. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would have been really interesting if they did this one sort of like the vendors. Because, of course, like, the quote, hell is other people, comes mm. from the play No Exit. And so I think it would have fit that as a title. And it would have made more sense for me for that to be the reference. Yeah. But, uh, instead, the writers' room of Supernatural was like, you, you know what we should do? H.H. Jones. H.H. Holmes. H. H. Holmes. <laughs> a choice. I guess. Yeah. They certainly made one.
1: An ectoplasm. Yeah, I told you we'd get ectoplasm. (laughs) Also, quick note. When the ectoplasm is coming out of the fucking light switch, what kind of light switch is that? It's just like a hole in the wall. That cannot be up to safety standard. It cannot. Sorry. I was just watching that going, okay, I understand there's ectoplasm coming out of it, but why is there a hole in her light switch? Like, what is... There should be a cover on that. Anyway... Yes, we get ectoplasm. Dean's first, and Sam's actually, first instinct is to just stick their fingers in it. Hmm. Funky goo.
0: And the ectoplasm drops on like the lingerie party pamphlet. Did you see that? (laughs) Which like threw me all the way back though. Like never seen it called a lingerie party. It's always been a bra party. A bra party? Have you never
1: been to a bra party? I went to a lingerie party when I was like, I don't know, seven or eight. Because like my mum's like friends, like all the... Girls that I was friends with at school, like, their mums, like, did the whole... Well, I say I was friends with... My mum, when I was at kindy, was the treasurer at the kindy. And so she knew a lot of the parents of the kindy. So then when I went to school, she stayed in touch with those parents. And then when they caught up, they I had to play with them because they were there. So they were my friends because that's how tr- friendships work when you're six. Yeah,
0: look, how friendships work when you're, like, 24 is... You convince your friend to do a podcast with you. As an excuse to see them on a regular basis. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, not that much different. Yeah. (laughs) The difference is now we're both the parents and the children. Oh, just like Dean, supernatural. (laughs) I've never been more
1: Dean-coded in my life. That's a lie. Carry on. Lingerie parties, bra parties. Yeah,
0: we we call them bra I've never... Lingerie party seems like it's like you're going shopping for like fucking For fucking. For fucking. Yeah. <laughs> bra party is like oh this I need a new bra ir- but I also need to catch up with my friends. Yeah, a bra party is like, wow, my only bra
1: has irreparable sweat stains. Oh the
0: wire is now poking into my tit. Like yeah.
1: <laughs> Yes, no, I I don't know. I never I didn't really think about it. Although I did when I was watching, I was like, do I pause this and read the actual like, someone put effort into... You did that, into- didn't you? No, I didn't. <gasps> oh! I considered it. I was like, someone put effort into this lingerie party invite somewhere in a prop house, you know, in 2005, five, six, probably. I was like, maybe I should pause and read what they wrote. And then I went, I can't be bothered. <laughs> I just kept watching. And I thought, wow,
0: I really let myself go.
1: Yeah, so the ectoplasm, did you have thoughts on it or just like, it was just a note that you noticed it? It's just the note that I noticed it. My note like, about it was I wish they would just use gloves.
0: Only a really powerful ghost can create ectoplasm. Like, yeah, it's not just disrupt.
1: any <laughs> eulogist jump. Sorry, I just caught up with that. <laughs>
0: so my point is, cuz I know it sounds like I don't have one. My point is I was under the impression that the most powerful ghosts were powerful because they died in horrific and violent unresolved Situations which, like, don't get me wrong, getting hanged to death is violent, not ideal. No, it's not a peaceful way to go, but also, like, it doesn't seem like the sort of foundational base for an ectoplasm producing ghost. True, remember in the first episode
1: of this season when Dean is on the brink and he has the talk with Tess, the Reaper. And she says to him, you know, you'll stay here, you'll be stuck here, you will eventually go, go insane, insane. Yeah. you'll become the very thing you hunt. So when someone dies, or at least when they're in that, you know, when someone dies, they're basically the reaper comes to them on the brink and it's like, you will either come with me or you'll stay. It is your choice. However, this is the consequence. And um, so ghosts that tend to stick around, tend to be ones that have died in horrific ways because they tend to be furious and they want to get their revenge or get their, like, justice, you know? So that's their motivation to stay a lot of the time. Um, not always the case, but that is tends to be where the vengeful spirit comes from. They've been wronged and they stay to, in their mind, fix the wrong, right, the wrong. Yeah. But then even if they kill the person who hurt them, They're They're still stuck. stuck. Yeah. So then it just becomes a pattern. And so in this instance, I would assume because he was a serial killer who was just fucking twisted. You know, we hear in the episode, the things he did to um, at least 27, but potentially over a hundred people. I assume he would choose to stay on earth rather than like go to hell. And once he's stayed on earth, What's to stop him from continuing to do these horrible, horrible things, especially considering he now has the power that he's invisible and kind of unknowable and unstoppable in many senses. Like it's only Sam and Dean and Joe who are able to actually stop him. And like Joe's talking about how it's been 82 years that this has been going on. I think that is less a case of how he died and more about who he was as a person. Like and then just, the length
0: of time that he's been a vengeful spirit losing in his mind.
1: Yeah, and it might even be less about him being a vengeful spirit and just being a terrible human being to start with. We've talked about it a few times where you start with someone who makes one choice that is, like, sort of understandable, if not justifiable, then at least you can understand it, and then they become something that is not understandable anymore. But in this instance, it was just always a terrible, terrible thing that he was
0: doing. I do want to talk about the timeline of this episode a little bit. Okay. Because it confused me. And I don't know if it's just I wasn't paying enough attention. But it seemed like there was inconsistencies. Okay. So. Like with the pacing? No. With the timeline they laid out for the killings of the ghost. Oh, sure. In the first bit where they're talking about it, Mm -hmm. Joe's like, there's been this many deaths over the last, like, 10 years or something like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. The reason that nothing's been done is because it's, Rare, it's infrequent, it's sort of... No one would have thought it to be connected. Connected because it's been a dozen over 20, 30, like, she says years. Mm. It's decades. Decades, sorry. Oh, no, she doesn't use the word decades,
1: but it is definitely multiple decades. Yes. They then say that it was an empty field that they
0: didn't build a warehouse on.
1: I don't remember the warehouse, but it might just be because I... Just have forgotten or didn't pay attention.
0: They said that it was a warehouse. They said they built a warehouse, right? Okay. And then they said a couple of months ago it was converted to apartment. So how has the killing been happening for the last, like, decade?
1: Yeah. If it's only just been converted to apartment. That is weird. I did not pick up on it. But I vaguely remember them mentioning that it had been recently converted. Which, yeah, it doesn't make... Yeah. Unless it was recently renovated. Oh, and Joe's talking to the guy who's, like, showing her around. And she's like, oh, you've done a great job with the place. Like, it's so spacious or whatever. Mm. And actually, I did think to myself, as they were walking through, I'm, like, walking through the fucking walls. I was like, it seems like there's no one in this building. Did you notice that too? I was like, it feels like yeah. you are the only tenants in this building. Like, there is not a single extra that they walk past. And also clearly no one is complaining about the people walking through their walls. Like, I think I'd notice if I was had moved into a building and there was voices coming from my walls that was moving along <laughs> the exterior edges of my, like, lounge room or something. I think I'd notice. Yes.
0: But no, so that's where I was sort of like, I was a little confused because, like, yeah, they basically say, like, in the episode they say it was a field, it was a warehouse or some sort of building of some type Mm. and then it was converted to be apartment like i said i didn't really pick up on the timeline that they like mentioned so much thinking back on
1: it it does seem a little bit weird i don't know if maybe it was just like an oversight but yes no definitely odd (laughs) one other thing i wanted to talk about and not in any real depth i guess i just wanted to mention it is that i feel like this episode they really lent into the horror aspect of the show um a little bit more than maybe they have At least in the most recent episodes. I don't know if that's just how I felt about it. But I definitely felt like this episode was much more horror-esque. Especially, like, with a big emphasis on, like, claustrophobia. Like, so many tight spaces. Very dark, very cramped, very, like, you could easily get stuck. One part of the episode that really stood out for me was when Jo's been kidnapped and she wakes up and she's in that weird, like, box thing. And she manages to get a light. And she sees the bloody scratches above her and it's just there's so much blood and there's just scratching, scratch. And her reaction is just for as as acting, I think it's perfect. I think it's it's very well done. And like in terms of like how I felt watching it, I was just like, oh, because the implications of how many women have been stuck and have tried to claw their way out and just haven't it. like it's just
0: see steve-o is really proud of these boxes no
1: women get out <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah i guess steve-o's just real good at box building <laughs> but yeah i just i just wanted to point out that that particular scene i thought was particularly horrifying even just by implication but also i thought that the acting was fantastic her reaction to that was i thought It felt very genuine, you know? I was like, that's probably how I would react.
0: Okay. I think it's time for my PSA. Oh, I'm so excited for your PSA. Do you have any ideas what it is this week? I have one idea. Ooh.
1: Maybe I have two ideas. Okay. First idea is family-themed T-shirts are weird. You'd be correct, but it's not my PSA. Um, Hashtag Nebraska is for lovers. (laughs)
0: From the That's family, an especially at the very start. odd uh, yeah, slogan was, to have on a t shirt as well. Like, it was weird.
1: I anyway, and that also that scene, like, it was funny, but it was also like weird. My other thought is maybe it's don't be rude to people on the phone because at the start the, like, first victim is, like, on the phone with, like, I assume the electricity company and she's, like, having a crack. It was a bit rude to demand that someone come immediately. I was like, surely, like, it must be nearly bedtime. Just turn off the lights. Like, they'll still be not working in the morning.
0: No, so neither of them were mine. Okay. My PSA this week is don't follow guys that you've met, like, three times halfway across the country without anyone knowing where you're going. That's a Because that's what Joe does. That's a very reasonable PSA.
1: Yeah. No, look, I don't really have anything to... I think that goes without saying. I think that's... Because um, she does.
0: She just up and follows Sam and Dean, presumably, a decent amount of distance, because Ellen doesn't drive to where they are. She flies, flies. Which implies that it's more... Like, it's quicker to wait a couple of hours and then fly there versus just driving there. And, like, yeah, she doesn't tell anyone where she's going. The only reason Ella knew where she was is because she Ash slipped bro. up to Ash. But no, my point still stands. They barely know, She barely knows the brothers and she follows them across the country. It's weird. Yeah, for all intents and
1: purposes and that are, we've seen on screen, yes. However, it is totally plausible that they've just been like bunking at the roadhouse for like the last two weeks. We genuinely have no way of knowing.
0: And if you are a human being in that situation and you've met somebody like a half a dozen times over the last month, don't <laughs> follow them across the country without letting anyone know where you're going.
1: Yeah, especially don't get someone to leave false credit card trails going the other
0: way. Yeah. Although, I
1: guess, to be fair, Ash knew what she was doing, so yeah. that's someone. All right, well, unless you have anything else that you wanted to... No, I'm done. ...add on in. Okay. In that case, Jamie, how would you rate this episode, No Exit, out of five?
0: I'm going to give it four stars out of five. Oh! So it's my highest rating so far of the season. Yeah, that's exciting. And it's only getting such a high rating because Jo. Yeah, she's great. I love her.
1: Literally no complaints except the hair thing. But that's not her fault. (laughs) Jo can do no wrong. Yeah. Alright, perfect. The next episode is titled The Usual Suspects. Not a whole lot to get out of the title, I don't think. But do you have any thoughts about, like, any of it? Anything you might like to see happen? So The Usual Suspects. Look, my brain's going in two different directions right now. If so you say gonna, a depressing French play, I'm going to throw my phone at you. <laughs> Just a heads up. The
0: usual suspects is actually a depressing Russian play.
1: <laughs> Wait, seriously?
0: No. Oh, I was going to say fuck. <laughs> no. Uh, the two ways my brain is going is either Sam and Dean are going to get some sort of arrested, okay, and be sus. They're, they're going to be the usual suspects. Sure. I see, yeah. Or The usual suspects is going to refer to, like, the monster of the week. Okay. So whether it's, like, the usual suspects because it's, like, an average everyday ghost. Yeah. It's like a salt
1: and burn. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Or it's, like, the usual suspects because... I don't know how to explain it. Nope. Head empty, No thoughts? All thoughts gone.
1: Okay. So you think they're either going to be arrested in some capacity or that it's going to be, like, a run-of-the-mill...
0: Either the usual suspects refers to Sam and Dee. Okay. So they are the usual suspects in sure. terms of like they're arrested. They have some, there's something to do with like prison or jail law. Okay, getting yeah, arrested. Yeah. I see. I see
1: where you're. Or they are
0: getting followed by some sort of law enforcement. and They are the suspects. Mm-hmm. Or the usual suspects refers to the monster of the week.
1: All right. Well, that's interesting. I think you are. I think you are going to like the next episode. I hope I'm correct in that. It's different to what we've seen so far, and it's it's kind of um. You get, like, a lot of contrasting scenes, and I I think that's fun, and I, it's a bit different to sort of the usual, like, play-by-play of the, the episode. The suspects? Y- yeah. <laughs> so I think it'll be interesting. I think it'll be fun. I think you're going to like it. So if that is everything, so we've had the rating, we've had the prediction, so Whoop. we know what we're thinking going into next week. Um, I think that just about does it for today. So if you would like to get in touch with us or interact with us in any way other than listening to us ramble on incessantly for... 40 50 minutes an hour <laughs> once a week um, you can always go hit up Jamie on Twitter um, at driver pod I reckon she would really love it if you were to tweet various consistencies of concrete and or cement at her um, I can co-
0: tell you if they're correct or not by <laughs> Yes, that she one.
1: will rate the quality of the cement <laughs> um, out, out of 10 we'll we'll have a have a competition.
0: Send me Jamie, will nice rant- concrete Jamie will walls. Jamie will
1: rate cement. <laughs> She'll roleplay as Stevo on Twitter.
0: <laughs> but if you'd like to annoy Bethany over on Tumblr, she's at Driver Picks the Podcast.
1: And I promise I'm really fun to annoy.
0: Yeah, she just she just <laughs> Jamie does her. it all the time. But you know, Bethany's thinking of taking up ghost hunting. Send her some <laughs> practical hairstyles. Oh. She wants to know how she can tie her hair back so it's out of her way. She's not going to look fab while hunting ghosts, and I think that's her loss. I am so lazy. I would be the worst hunter
1: of all time. Or maybe I'd be a good hunter because I would find the laziest ways to do things. Like, I would have a hula hoop full of salt. I would do that.
0: You You don't have to worry about a hula hoop full of salt washing away in a flood. I literally
1: don't want to have to vacuum up salt all the fucking time. So I, that, purely for that, because I'm lazy, I'd have a hula hoop. Or maybe like a paddle pool. Oh my god, you, you could have like a paddle pool that's like holy water. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's
0: not just a, a paddle pool that's full of holy water. Like it's like the, one of the inflatable ones when you've inflated it with salt.
1: Yes. And like in the bottom, it could be a devil's trap. Oh, dude. Perfect. Now selling so like for $300 payment. on Etsy. Yeah, look. Some are fun for everyone. <laughs> Can't be useless. Anyway, if you're still listening, thank you. This is, we're so bad at outros. We really have to fix this. Point is, thanks for listening. Hopefully we um, have you back next week. Please feel free to hit us up on social media because we're very lonely and would love friends. And um, yeah, bye. Always my awkward bye.